live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, off to the races once again for another installment for the archives of the Conspiracy Farm. Jeffrey Wilson, always riding shotgun with my partner in crime, UFC Hall of Famer, eater of worlds, Pat Milicic. How are we doing today, champ? Well, attempting to uh, eat the world bite by bite. Right? You can't can't do it in one bite, right? Right. I'm always, always, man, We've as many people have been a huge fan of this gentleman. He, uh, he's been on the show a couple times, if I remember correctly. I mean, just an incredible guy, writer, producer, director, musician, and um, just lover of life, man, of, of many things. Uh, Les Stroud, you can find him at lesstroud.ca on Twitter, at Real Les Stroud. He is the survivor man, and he's joining us today. How are we doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm 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 here. Um, you got me in. You got me in a. You got me in a bad mood today. So this is going to be interesting. Oh no! And it's too early for Guinness too. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bad mood. I just had a coffee, so this this could get good. Okay. Sweet. Why not? Well, yeah. Like I said, man, I've been following. I mean, we on this. Go since, we're, since we're doing this on Skype, I'm just going to watch Pat do his texts while we while we talk. I know, oh, no, right? I'm, I'm putting. Up, I'm I'm texting the, for a Facebook Live, so we got this going on there too. Because I want people uh, to ask questions. Multitasking, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Social me. media flow right there. Yes, yeah. it's even more of an accomplishment when you know that I got punched in the head for 25 years, okay? <laughs> I'm just impressed by the microphone I see on the screen here. So. Well, you know what? He's had it for a minute, and it's just now working. We've been We've been struggling, but now he's got his Yeti set up, so hopefully it does sound well. And again, like I said, on this show, man, we've been covering, I mean, that's, you know, this COVID-19 coronavirus thing plays out. We've been covering the political side of it, the social side of it, the financial side of it. We had different experts just bring on to talk about, you know, the ramifications of all of this. And as a huge fan of yours, and I always, you know, peep out what you're up to, I wanted, really wanted to get your perspective on, because I'm hearing people say, you know, it's kind of where everybody's in survival mode right now. And it's, you know, this, this new normal we're all getting used to. Um First of all, what the heck you been up to? It's been a little bit since we talked. How's life been treating you up there? Or wherever you're at now? Well, it's, yeah, it's actually been, yeah, let's get that out of the way right now. I'll do all the shameless self-promotion out of the way <laughs> right off the top and then we'll get into COVID, as I call it, COVID-19. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, biz- actually, it's been a really weird uh, three years or so. I don't know last time I talked to you guys, but it's been a really weird three, three and a half, four years. Um, so a quick recap is that in, um, let's see, in, in, um, in 17, uh, I took a kind of a sabbatical in 18, I did a series for national geographic, uh, which was a bit, I mean, the series is great and the shows are cool, but it was a freaking debacle working with them. Uh, in 19, um, I spent the year just, uh, 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 having meetings upon meetings upon meetings and, uh, which culminated because I know you guys are Survivor fans. So it culminated in this. Um, I, I, I at, the, at the end of nineteen, I was on the phone with uh, the head of a of a, a particular network, which will go unnamed, but it rhymes with recovery. Uh, and um, <laughs> it, uh, she was on the phone with me and said, um, "Yeah, listen, listen, we love these pitches. I had like fifteen pitches, I, you know, different ideas and shows and stuff like that. I've been producing for." 
30 years all told, 20 years solid for, you know, um, uh, science and discovery and, and, and networks like that. And she said, yeah, you know, what, you know we're really, we really want to stay in the wheelhouse of what's working for us. So we're wondering, do you have anything with nudity or a title that makes people go, whoa? And I just like, I just, you know, I placated her off the phone. And then I walked into the next room and I said, I said, you know what? I think I'm done with television. I'm done with producing for network television. What a bunch of crap. I just, I'm so, I got so, I just got so sick of reality television and the crap and, and to have, you know, the head of a network knowing what I do. Cause again, I'll never, I'll, I'll fight you to the end. If you want to call me a reality TV producer, I'm a documentarian. I'm a documentary producer. That's what I do. That's right. what I've always done. My, my work, that's what it is. And um, so I was, I was pretty, pretty freaked out. Not freaked out. I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go hiking with my dogs, fishing for steelhead in the Rogue River, hang out with my wife, you know, and make some more music, write some more books. Then, two weeks later, it's like the the heavens like opened up, and I ended up landing a publishing deal for my new children's book with Attic Press out of Toronto. I'm re-release. I'm releasing my 10-year music project called Mother Earth on double album vinyl with a fold-out package with lyrics and poster. Old school, 1974. Just got a ticket being mastered right now. And then I got a phone call from a connection, uh, a connection through to public television, and I am now producing a 13-part series. Uh, called Wild Harvest on Local Foraging for Public Television. It's already been uh, voted as a yes for on over 400 public television stations. American APT, American Public Television, picked it up from me. And in addition, here's the big one, especially concerning everything going on, and check out the ironic timing of this. I'm producing a 90-minute special uh, called Surviving Disasters with Les Stroud for public television on how to survive natural disasters, including pandemics. I was working on that when this all happened. So there you go. There's a summary. Um, it looks to me like notwithstanding the pandemic situation that for me, 2020 is like, I'm just going to kick ass in 2020. And, Thanks, and, uh, and even this pandemic situation to me is like, huh, okay. And now because of it, I've actually been, uh, um, uh, APT got in touch with me and they're like, hey, is there any way we can hasten the production of this and get it on air sooner because pandemics included in the subject matter and, and wow. people want to know so guys there's there's a summary where i'm at man it's been just remember though it's been three and a half years of, of just like trying to figure crap out and now it's just kicking. yeah i think we last spoke i think i don't know if pat was on that one but you, we spoke you and i did uh when you were dropping bitter and lake i think uh about a year and some change ago so i mean you were going through some stuff like you had said yeah we had talked about the bigfoot yeah. show and yeah we had talked about you know kind of the how people have perverted sort of document the work you do your your I won't bring up his name but other people who do what you do and it's kind of canned and it's not really as organic as your original stuff was and has always been so um Pat were you gonna say something brother well I just was gonna say it's either feast or famine in the television business right yeah you know that's a funny thing uh that will we'll non sequitur go right into it I mean in this what we're dealing with right now isn't it interesting that everybody who is self-motivated, who creates, who, you know, especially you want to say artists, designers, they're all like, oh, work at home? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, it's a good time to be a self-motivated person, for sure. Yeah, well, and we've, you know, over our five years, you know, Pat 
worked a job. You know, we both were busy. You know, Pat's on the road announcing for UFC, Fight Pass, etc. So we were really struggling to pump out consistent content. Since we've been working from home, we've just been pumping it out and to the point where we got to the top 100 in the news category on iTunes. So, you know, content is king at this point. You're absolutely right. People who are self-motivated and uh, have something to put out. There's people, there's an audience for it now. So, um, wow, that's kind of strange that you... You're not working for Bill Gates, are you? If you're doing a, you already knew about the pandemic show because I don't know if you heard about Event 201, Bill Gates's uh, exercise in October of 2019, where they were kind of planning out oh, yeah. and wargaming the old pandemic. But no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, that was pretty much. I, I was joking, obviously, but I mean that's part of what I was going to ask you. You know, originally, you know, the, the survival aspect of something like this from self-sufficiency of your own food and even your mindset, the psychological makeup, because they're, you know, not being able to go outside. We're social creatures. They're really kind of squeezing us. So talk to us, man. How do we, how do we get out of this? Uh, I'm going to say be dramatic, but how do we get out of this as sane as possible? Well, you know, thank you. That's a great way to position it. By the way, before I answer that question, can I do a quick non sequitur question of you? So I actually train in, um, in uh, Tenth Planet uh, Jiu-Jitsu, Pat, what, what was your what was your specialty? You know what? I mean, I had no specialty. I grew up wrestling, and I had boxed a lot when I was younger. But I fought pro pro uh, kickboxing, won a U.S. title in that. I got a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Done a lot of Russian Sambo. Uh, you know, it's it's a wide variety of stuff. I just look at it all as combat now. Uh, less, yeah. I don't see anything individually anymore. Uh, so, yeah, my son actually fights uh, uh, in the ring in, uh, for kickboxing. Oh, nice. Good. Had the, had the, his, had the, the next fight canceled uh, for obvious reasons. Well, you should be a sparring partner. <clears throat> uh, he takes it too seriously when I'm a sparring partner. He's like, dude, slow down. I'm your dad. Uh, just and Les, I'm, Les, I'm just, make sure, just make sure you get those takedowns, brother. Yeah, I'm good with – see, I'm, I'm good in close. And uh, I got crappy legs for kicking, um, good, good upper body for, you know, good, good coordination for him. Uh, you know, so I like striking, but I'm, I'm good in close. And, and uh, he won't go there because he hates grappling with, like, sweaty guys on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, man, it's, you know what, 10th Planet, we just wear T-shirts, it's okay. Uh, yeah. It's funny because the first time I, I was training, and sorry, I know we're off topic here, but I was training at 10th Planet there, and, and I, I actually, I, after we did all the warm-up and the – practices and that and then we go to we go we go to roll and i actually switched t-shirts and the instructor looked, looked over and he goes oh that's a pro move right there because i took <laughs> off my shirt put on a fresh one and was like okay let's go and the other guy's like oh man thank you <laughs> that's good stuff but, train with them though that's awesome man it's great to hear heck yeah yeah I, I love it i love i love uh man i love the contacts <laughs> you know I love all contact sports in many ways, but yeah, let's get back to what we were talking about. Guys. As long as it's, it's not a, as long as it's not a bull elk during mating season, right? Yeah, or a bull, or a bull moose. Or is that what it was? Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember your story of yeah, going through. Bull elk. Yeah, there's the elk too. Yeah, not chased by, <laughs> by mother. I got more than one story. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, chased too many times by by wild creatures, and that only happens <laughs> when I'm being stupid. Um, but this stuff that we're talking about now, like I, you know, it's great to position it god you can hear i hope you can hear the frustration in my voice because like i said i'm in a bad mood today because man just just um a little bit of it is is my own doing you know overdoing it by listening to too many things you know going online scanning through i mean god man the damn cable news those guys should all be flogged with just the, <laughs> everything that is 
paraded across on a mass media sort of scheme. At least the network, you know, news outlets have a little more middle ground, you know, semblance of just trying to make sense of it when they, but when you jump on CNN or Fox back to back, it's, it's shocking. And then I do, I even make it worse on myself. I'll listen to Ben Shapiro in the morning. I'm just like, (laughs) he's like a little French bulldog with Asperger's. I mean, God, (laughs) I just, 25% 25% of what he said is freaking brilliant. He's got the savant like recall and all of that. But then 75% is such an agenda driven. And this is yeah. the problem is with trying to survive the agenda driven. Look, I listened to your last interview with Whitney and hey, it was all great. But in amongst 12 different times of self promoting while she was talking to you, and I wrote this and I wrote that and I wrote this, and I, which I get it. I self promote too. I'm an entertainer, I'm, I, I, I'm a content creator. But on the other hand, and Pat, you were talking about this, you, you actually mentioned it and she didn't even jump on it it's like okay sure we can dish up scads of dark information heck i used to frequent seekers bookstore in toronto just to read david ike you know but in the (laughs) end what the hell are we going to do with it what are you going to do you know it's like we can know we and we can we we she just you you know, she just kept presenting, and I don't mean to jump on one of your guests, but I just I just listened to it before this podcast, so I'm all hyped on it, right? Right, so, yeah. Keep presenting the us and them, the they word, you know, who is they? <clears throat> you know, first of all, they change all the time, so people are drinking the Kool-Aid on a constant basis. And Anyway, my, answer, my short answer to you is I'm trying to make some sense of this for the rest of us, for you know, because in the end, the one thing, the better thing I did before this interview was I sat on my deck with my two chocolate labs sleeping in the sun, drinking a coffee, watching the uh, the American goldfinches feeding out of my feeder, breathing the air, you know, trying to make sense of this. So that's where I'm at, guys. I'm at about making sense of it. And, uh, and uh, I know, uh, you, you know, you asked me from the sense of survival, but I see Pat, I think Pat, you're, um, you're going to ask something there. Or say in, in in terms of pandemics, not to not for you to give away all the information in your new show because I definitely want to tune into that also. So keep that in mind. But you know, I want to ask you. You know, when we talk to uh, expert world world renowned epidemiologists, uh, virologists who are not paid by government, who are not paid by any of the bureaucratic CDC or World Health Organization, you know, they're saying that uh, shelter in place. Uh, elongates and widens the curve. It just makes it last longer. You know, most most uh, viruses like this, they said, if you just let it run its course, you know, it's going to come in for two weeks, peak, and then go out for two weeks. And that's basically how these things, and these are world-class, world-renowned uh, people. So we're, we're extending this. We have more knowledge about viruses than we've ever had, number one. So what is the motive not to go off on a tangent, what is the motive for then keeping everyone at home while I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but what can the citizens do at home to prepare for survival out of what comes out of the back end of this thing? Yeah. And as always, you know, I mean, there's two levels to this, right? There's the the, the health side of this and the economic side of this. And those and the twain shall never meet when it comes to those two. Mm-hmm. I mean, ec- economists would argue that economy is health, and health people would argue that without health you have no economy, and, and, and they just bash their heads against each other on a constant basis, you know. So, and and just what you just, the picture you just pl- presented right there, you know, you'll get competing 
um, discourses even within those factions. So exactly. medical people will disagree with other medical people, and economists will disagree with other economists. So then you're right. like holding the bag, going, "Well, well, who do I believe? <laughs> Tell me what." You know, and I'm 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 never the person who who. who Fortunately, for whatever my personality type is, that sat around saying, "Please tell me what to do." Now that's never been right. my mo. You know, uh, I I try to get as much information as I can, which is again not to diss Whitney. So Whitney's presenting a ton of information, and so 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 are so much other people. But then, what do we do with this information? How do we, you know, this whole stay-at-home thing? <clears throat> and let me tangent a bit and say, "Oh my God, the sensitivity out there right now. You can't." make a joke you know mm -hmm. god forbid you you make one little snarky comment or one little snide little you know just to bring some levity and people are on you like you just said oh i want to hang out with hitler or something right. and it's like god i didn't say that i'm just like like you were talking patrick uh, uh, on the uh, one thing i heard you, you you said you made a little twitter joke and you just got lambasted for it um can't remember what it was but um, obama that was uh, that was about obama and ebola Right, that one. And, you know, so I get it. I feel sorry for stand-up comedians, you know. And, uh, but on the other hand, I'm not insensitive, you know. So I, I put a thing out about, you know, the dog parks being closed. And, um, and oh, my gosh, I said so unnecessary. You'd thought I said, here, have a glass of COVID-19 with your Pepsi. I mean, <laughs> oh, they just, everybody pumped on me. And, you know, and, oh, they can't, people won't listen. And it's like, you know, well... I guess, I guess I try to come from a place where people. I, I want people to believe people have brains. I want to believe that people uh, have. Well, if there's such a thing as common sense, we'd all have it. So <clears throat> there is. But in the end, you know, um, reality television shows that that a great number of people who really think certain reality TV realities are real, uh, you know, show that there's a lot of people out there without an, uh, uh, exercising the intelligence they should have. So what, what do you uh, think about, I mean, that per that, per that thought process and I tumble down the rabbit hole with us, if you will, I like to call it, I mean, the, they, I, I whatever people want to call it, the engineers of society. I think you're absolutely correct. Politicians come and go, but there's always an organizing group or groups that keeps it all together, if you will. Um, and they utilize something, what I like to call fear-based conditioning, whether it's 9-11 or any what they call false flags. They scare the shit out of you, and then you're willing to, you know, that problem-reaction-solution, they bring in the solution to the problem they already created, but part of that is fear-based. So when you scare them, they're open for anything. Yes, I'll give up these rights. Just make this go away. And that's kind of part of that, and I hate to use it as a pejorative term, but we say, you know, the sheeple kind of aspects, just... Not even critically thinking. And if you do critically think or even make a joke, or, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist, you know, and it's just like, no, I'm just trying to think maybe alternative on this situation or critically think. But, you know, everyone is just so willing to just follow, you know, slaves to authority, whatever they say, regardless of the evidence shows that they shouldn't or shouldn't do it, should or shouldn't do it. Well, so, so I think, you know, individuals like yourselves and myself have a thought, have a decision to make. You know, we either follow in with the sheeple. Uh, and act fear base. We try to convince them and give them information that's banging your head against a wall. We put the information out there and come what may. I mean, it's the whole, you know, um, decide whether or not you want to throw pearls before swine, so to speak, you know. Uh, but I'm, I like to know, you know, 
I, I just like to be in the know so I can make up my own mind right. and my own decision right. and hopefully uh, be in a circle of individuals who are likewise want to know and as a result make informed. The only way to get out, so let's liken it to my wheelhouse, which is survival in the bush, right? The, you ha, you're, you're at the side of a river and it's all hit the fan and somebody's injured and the canoe's downstream. and Lots of fear is the first thing and panic. And that's what we're seeing, right? Don't get me started on the hoarders who went out. And hopefully neither one of you guys went out and bought a truckload of toilet paper because, boy, I <laughs> Like practice some of the, my 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 jujitsu moves on those people, who, especially the rear naked show. So uh, the uh, we have our reaction is this fear, but the way to combat the fear is with knowledge, and but it doesn't stop there. So I, like okay, here's like survivor man zones of assessment, and I always say in every situation you take the survivor man zones of assessment. The first thing, but before that, the first thing, take a knee, calm down. Calm the F down, right? So that's a big thing, is taking that knee, as they say in sports, calm down first. All right, got to figure this out. I'll try and, you know, feed into Patrick here and say, like, you know, you're up against an opponent, like, and, and it's like, oh, crap, right? But there's right. still a way. So before you just go, oh, I'm just going to jump on him. No, you got to go. You got to do that, right? And, and think this through because there might be a way. Now, what are my zones of assessment? The first thing is you yourself, your body, you know? Well, you know, okay, I'm, I'm 58. So am I in that zone that COVID-19 is gonna get after? Well, let's just say I'm close to it. Am I immunocompromised or have any health issues? No, you know, there's a lot of, I got a lot of advantages. Uh, so I got that to think about. So there's my fir the first zone of assessment is your body. Right. Everything about you. The second zone assessment of assessment is your close at hand uh, situation. So I'm a lucky man, but well, I'm, I've, I've worked hard all my life to get what I have. So I have a house and a wife who works. She's a doctor, so she's not going to lose her job. Um, you know, pair of nice dogs, you know, wonderful kids. I've got this whole package that is nice for me. So that's that. And then zone of assessment number three is further afield. What is further afield and how can that play into helping me or where do I need to avoid? So if everybody did that, look, when I was 24, if we were having this conversation, I'd be living in a bachelor apartment in Mimico, Ontario, in a tall, crappy apartment building, you know, with, you know, I can't, it's not like I can have a closet full of stores. So, you know, when we, we see these, you know, I've done my own YouTube videos and that. We see these, these bits of advice. You have to look at the advice and the information you're getting and, and say, does it apply to me? You know, is this going to really help uh, uh, my situation? Does it matter to my situation? You know, and I can't give the same advice for how I might handle this pandemic. Right. Because the way I live compared to my younger self living in a bachelor apartment in, in, a, in a crappy area in Toronto, Canada, or someone who lives in the middle of New York. Right. So you have to take in all this information. Now, if we look at my zone of assessment number three, right now I'm in Grants Pass, Oregon. Okay, We have one of the lowest rates of infection here. I think there's 12 cases in the entire region right now. And if you go into Grants Pass, which I know for everybody, and again, whatever I say right now, somebody on the other end listening <laughs> to this listen, guys is going, dude, he's wrong, he doesn't know that. And they're freaking out. I got yeah, a little yeah. I got a reference I want to get to. I got to remember that about this fear-based and sheeple situation. So I know that in Grants Pass, you know, if I were to go into town, if I need to, if it's 
essential and frame by the van. And you know what? Think about it. People are cheating that too. You know, I, I'll, I, I need something. I got rats in my attic right now. That's my biggest problem. I got rats in my attic. And frankly, the essential part of that is if they chew the water lines or the, electric, the electricity, I could have a fire. I got to get to Home Depot to pick up some rat traps. To me, I have an essential situation that's relative to my existence at the moment or my house is going to catch fire when these I'm listening to them. There's a pack of rats up there. Damn. Okay. Right. While I'm there, you know, while I'm at the Grange in Grants Pass picking up some rat traps, so I can get my dog food. I can get some other non-essential stuff while I'm there anyway. You know, so we're now we're rationalizing, justifying what we're doing. I wore them. I wore a mask when I went. I stayed. I, so, look, people get the wrong idea. I think on some of the stuff I put online that I'm suggesting being cavalier or irresponsible. Not at all. I mean, we don't want to be. Can I, I don't know. Can I say assholes on your show? We don't want to sure. be. We don't want to be assholes in this. You know. So if I go out, I'm wearing a mask. I don't go out actually unless I need to. I wear a mask. I practice social distancing, which is actually physical distancing in a social setting. It's too bad. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, pet peeve, sorry. And um, so I practice all of that. But again, let's take in, I'll stop talking now. My coffee's speaking right now. But let's take in all the information well, and not be sheeple and figure out. And the best, here's the best thing. I'll leave you with this. Is the best thing about once we take in all this information, a lot of times, I want to say 99% of the time, we're way better off than we thought we were. Yeah. We go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I guess I'll be okay. You know? So, well, yeah, yeah. And, and going, going back to kind of the Whitney conversation, you know, people, I've been asked that, okay, now what you, all this information, what are you guys going to do? And I've said this many times on the show, you know, your solution to a problem is going to be off. It's not going to work unless you recognize the premise of the problem. And providing this kind of information like we do, I don't always necessarily, yeah, here's how right we are. I just know oftentimes the mainstream media is completely full of shit. So we provide these kind of alternative narratives. So people go find out for yourself, like whether it's Whitney or anybody, here's this alternative information. Go find out for yourself because like you said, it re in order for you to change how you're going to react to something, you, you need the proper information. And so that's what hopefully right, we provide. Right. right which uh, you guys do. So I'm not going to blow smoke up your butts. I mean, you guys are doing that. You're creating a platform and you're you're taking the zone of assessment informationally and saying, here's the information, here's some information, and we have people coming in giving us even more information. Right. It's those people like myself, uh, where we are so hidden agenda driven and we we are all guilty by omission of of, of listen to Shapiro in the morning. You know, I, I remember talking to Wes from Sasquatch Chronicles, and, and he said, oh, yeah, Ben Shapiro. I said, I'll take him on. I'd take on that little French bulldog any day because if you stop and it's – you know how I'd do it? With a talking stick. I'd say, guess what? We each are allowed to hold the talking stick for three minutes. That's it. No interrupting, no rambling for the next 18 and a half minutes, Ben. Talking stick time. And I'm going to take notes while you speak because I've always done this. It started – it started at family dinners, at in-law dinners, <laughs> when whack the crazy sister-in-law would ramble on about nothing, but in the middle of what she was rambling on about would say three things that were complete lies, and everybody there knew they were complete lies, but everybody lets her say it. And I would always remember that. I, I, that you, okay, you done with your diatribe now? Okay, can we go back to what you said four and a half <laughs> minutes ago? Because you know and I know that was bullshit. We mm -hmm. both know that. So why did you throw that in? Because you wanted to create the the perspective. You wanted to create the, the, the dish, you know, the stuff that you maybe got right. 
And so this information that we get, that we listen, people just are waiting to hear, you know, oh, that's what he said. I believe him. You know, it's like, man, you have to really think for yourself. And then again, we land on what do we do with it? I mean, look, if you take all the conspiracy, obviously, guys, clearly in another life or if I was like a retired 70-year-old right now or 68-year-old and it's just like being a house husband to my doctor wife, I'd be just like following conspiracy theories down. The, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a rabbit hole that is made out of ice covered in grease. You know, it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun, you know? But so much is said. Like I wanted, I want to interrupt Shapiro often and go, whoa, 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 whoa. How do you know that? You just said it. How do you know that? I wanted to interrupt Whitney a number of times saying, you just said it, Whitney, but how do you know? So in other words, you know, when, when people, when far more intelligent people, than I, I'm not an, uh, an academically intelligent individual. When academically intelligent individuals really go through, get their sure, master's, BAs, and all that, what do they do? Whenever they do their theses, they have to prove out every single thing that they say with references. And this is something that I think, now I'm tangent, this is something that I think is missing. You know, if someone just throws out there, Bill Gates did this, or Obama said that, or Trump said this, what's your proof? Oh, well, um, my brother-in-law told me. You know? So I, I want to know, I want to know, I think that, that sheeple, look, there's always going to be sheeple. Um, and back to the pearls before swine thing, you can tell it's an inner conflict with my own self. It's how much do I say? You know, I put three things online the other day on YouTube, and I, I tried, I tried to lightheartedly show how you could go out and shop. My point was, you're you're scared, you don't know what to do. It is possible to go get groceries. Let me groceries. Let me show you some tips. And I got jumped on, man. I got jumped on by people freaking out because I, I, because I pulled off my rubber gloves the wrong way. Right. You know, come on, man. Like I get it. I'm not suggesting I'm perfect or or. I'm, I even said in the beginning, these are just some helpful tips. Right. Nothing. Or, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Sorry, going guys. Back to, yeah, Sorry. no, but going back to what you're saying, you know, when we talk about, I posted a video of a compilation of citizen journalists who went to hospitals and filmed hospitals, testing sites, all of that. And there's, it's a ghost town. There's nobody showing up. There's nobody, nobody doing anything. They had one day where they told everybody to show up and get tested, and that's when the news cameras were there. Now there's no more news cameras, there's no more crowds, there's nobody, and, and what has happened, without even asking, is nurses from around the country who follow our show have started messaging me. Uh, you know, I work in the Las Vegas so-and-so uh, hospital, I work in New York, I work in LA, I work in, and they go, that those videos are correct, there's nothing going on. There are COVID patients, but you know, in a hospital with, um, you know, 500 beds, they've got, you know, like 40 COVID patients whom they want there in case they have to ventilate them, um, you know, a lot of times. And, and that's something that the nurses have in common that they're saying to me is there's no in between. Either you're fine and you cough a little bit or you need to pe be ventilated. Uh, this thing hits a certain group of people, elderly, pre-existing conditions, things like that, extra hard as they say, but they say, in no way, shape, or form are they being flooded uh, with humanity uh, like the media is painting, and, and it's ridiculous. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't want you to go down that rabbit hole because I know 
shows going on, public television, and everything like that. But I just wanted to get that out there. But I will say this, and we'll see how your public television uh, folks respond to this tweet if you're if you're so inclined to put it out. But I would think that Bigfoot's susceptible to COVID-19. So if Bigfoot gets it and dies on the side of a mountain, we could potentially find our first Bigfoot carcass. And I think that's a great way to break this quarantine and send millions of your followers out traipsing across the mountainside looking for Bigfoot. Yeah, that would do it. That's right a show there. right there. But, you know, maybe you have, have a natural immunity. You never know. Um, well, on what you were talking about, my wife's a doctor, so I'm also getting some real inside information on what's going on in the hospital here. And, um, you know, you're right. You touched on the one big thing. Mass media, cable, cable media, you know, CNN, MSNBC, Fox. Um, I, not, you know, I'm Canadian, as you guys probably know, and so I love going back over to CBC uh, because, you know, it's kind of it's a lot calmer up there. It's not, it's not that it's not deadly, dangerous, and horrible things are going on, but right. uh, there seems to be a calmer approach to how it's all being handled. Um, I think I was thinking about talking to you guys. You know what bothers me in, in a lot of this is so much of this feels – like, what's uh, um, the the phrase uh, of creating our own reality here? Um, pro, uh, prophecy, you know what I'm saying? Prophesying, uh, prophesizing. You know I'm going with this. I've lost the phrase. Damn. In any are event, you, we're creating this because about prophetic times. Well, no, we're we're creating this because self-fulfilling prophecy. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Self yes. Yes. Because look at look at all of the movies we've watched for the past 40 years. How many of them are apocalyptically driven and create these, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate, so fortunate to have met uh, Margaret Atwood. But again, the dystopic futures that she's created, all of this dystopies, dystopias uh, that have been created in fiction we've watched in doing this self-fulfilling prophecy. We're, and... and Honestly, here's another road, and I've gotten crap for this one too, for lumping all preppers together. Uh, but there are, there are, I'm just going to say the word preppers right now, but there are preppers who are actually unbelievably gleeful about this situation because they can slap a big fat I told you so on us going, ha, I told you this was going to happen. Yeah, well, you're not prepared, so screw you. Yes. You're, uh, you, you didn't, you know, it's like, really? You're going to you're going to slap I told you so while somebody's grandmother just died, you know, while right. somebody's child is with this, you're going to slap a prepper I told you so, you're low life, you know? Go away. And and so what on that subject what the reason why by the way I got slammed for, you know, it was like, you know, all preppers, we 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 just prepare well. Okay. There's a difference between being well prepared, which I fully endorse and I think and we here's I'll, 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 let me remind me to come back on what people can do. So we so I don't you know, be critical of my own self and not at least giving suggestions on what we can do. Um, so we'll get back to that. But there's a difference between preparing for things and building a bunker with a school bus in your backyard. Fantastic if you want to do that. Okay. Um, that's who I mean when I reference preppers. And if you prepare and you call yourself a prepper, well, that's unfortunate because I think if pretty much most people say the word prepper, we think of somebody in Colorado with a bus buried in the backyard. It's just a, it's a term that was basically, it's been over Philip. there. So if they want to shift it and make it softer and nicer, that's great. But I'm all for people being super well prepared. You know, I think our pantry should be full um, for upwards of three months at least. Um, but 
to go and, and this one, I'm still reeling from the hoarders. I'm still reeling from the hoarding that took place. I gotta say guys, in my darkest moment in all of this, I'd never been so disappointed in the human condition than when I saw people hoarding toilet paper. Toilet paper? Right. Like that doesn't, that doesn't even connect to what's going. If nobody done anything, we would still just be able to go out and shop safely with social distancing and all that. Go out and pick up toilet paper. But oh no, the shelves are empty because dipshits filled their pickup trucks literally with pallets. And and I don't blame the stores for that first week. They were caught unawares. They were they don't know why all of a sudden people are loading up on, you know, a year and a half's worth of toilet paper. Really? Really? So now mothers with children and seniors can't even right. get wet wipes. Yeah. You know, because, right. you know, and then the second part of that is buying up the flour and the rice. Half these people don't even use flour or rice. You know, they just they were told in some prepper site to get rice. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes. so I've been trying to speak against that, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I find yeah, it all this. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. All, the, all this while, you know, I get another message just now. From a listener who's former special forces, he's a, he was a helicopter pilot. Uh, he's he's a legit, a legit uh, squared away human being. Said Dallas Convention Center Army Hospital has zero patients. Main hospital at fifty percent full. You know that's that's the sort of stuff that's you know the, the, the false narrative that's being driven by the media. It's insane. And and going back to preppers, you know, tell me, show me any billionaire or multimillionaire that isn't prepped that hasn't prepped that doesn't have a uh, a home somewhere uh on on a, on a cliff you know overlooking a lake in wisconsin or you know new zealand a compound in new zealand or hawaii or wherever else wherever else you know where most of these people are right now yeah yep and uh you know a weirder more altruistic angle to that thing that i land on in the end why i sort of hone in on three months six months if you want, um, is because I figure that if society, if it hits the fan for society longer than that, then we're in such a big mess that no matter how many cans of beans I have on my shelf, you know, and, and this is the this is the point I made where I got jumped on too as well. It's like, look at, look at, you could sit there and say, you know, oh, I'm going to sit on my porch with my shotgun and tell people to stay away and I got my year and a half. Worse. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because your daughter is going to come to you crying when her best friend's family shows up at the gate with no food or supplies and they really need help. And you're going to let them in because we're going to look after our fellow people. So I figure if it hits the fan for longer than three to six months, look, man, we're all in it. I got neighbors that I hate. But if they come to my door in need, I'm going to help them out. Well, and that's, you know, that's. Unfortunately, it is when times like these where hopefully our humanity transcends our political differences, etc. Um, I've said it numerous times and people who've watched these episodes are probably tired of hearing it. Look at how people are behaving toward each other less in grocery stores fighting over sanitizer and toilet paper and their bellies are full. Worst case scenario, six months or whatever down the line when people are really hungry. That's when I think the fit will really hit the shan and, and the social impact. And that's why I think we're seeing some of the military on the ground. Um, going back to this narrative that they're creating, whether it's a war zone in New York and it's not really that way, um, there's a there, there's several things. There's there's loved ones are like, hey, Uncle Les, they're saying you died from Corona and you're sitting right there. They'll be reporting people who've died who haven't died. They're reporting this one young man. He's died four times over the last four years. They're using the same kid. The picture of Italy. Uh, 
hundreds and hundreds of coffins in this hangar in Italy that they're saying is coronavirus victims, when in fact it was uh, a fleet of, of migrants coming from Africa that 500, 500 of them died, but they're using this image to promote the coronavirus. So it's... Yeah, capsized, capsized boats. Yeah, I mean, just again, it's been so frustrating for us, and I'm glad to have you on and all the people we tried to talk to, to cut through the BS and just find out some real news on what's going on, because this is literally unprecedented. They're almost collapsing an economy. People are forced almost? to stay home. Yeah, I mean, in 2020 here in Missouri, you got to have freaking papers to go from A to B and prove you're essential. I mean, it's absolutely insane. So, I mean, I guess we've kind of agreed, you know, that what we're seeing doesn't, the, the, the reaction we're seeing doesn't even sort of match the threat. But yet, here it is. Well, no. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, and we have to be thinkers on this, you know, and, and or unfortunately, many people are not. You guys are. And I hope I am. But we have to be thinkers and, and, and look at this stuff. So, for me, why do I listen to Shapiro? Because to me, it's like listening in on the enemy. Um, because yeah. after I listen to Shapiro, I'll also listen to Sam Harris and I get and after a while I get I get too familiar and tired of him or I'll listen to Stephen Woodruff and reality, rationality rules you know so so I jump around you know in the morning I'll look at CNN and then Fox and then CBC and then BBC and then you know I jump around so that all of it's going in after a while it's overload it's information overload yeah. but but the thing is you know you're right talk to people so for example I put out a thing and I got and a guy posted from Italy and he said, hey, man, I'm downtown Italy right now posting, you know, and, you know, posting to you on on Facebook and I can go out and get my groceries and go for a walk anytime I want. And and it's completely fine and legal. So I don't know what people are talking. about. So you're like someone's on the ground or what you're getting from nurses. Right. And, and people my, what I get from my wife and, and I ask her every day. What's changing? What's going on now? What's happening? And, and I get the information and it doesn't uh, jive with the headlines from Fox and CNN. Right. Because and, they have, and, you know, the fact that, and, and the fact that Jeffrey mentions, you know, there are certain States that where you need papers for A to B that in itself is a mass violation of citizens amendment rights. And, and so for me, it's awful tough for me to see, uh, if it comes to the point where we have a national guardsman in an intersection stopping vehicles and saying, you can't, you got to turn around, you got to go back home, you got to stay in, or we're going to arrest you, this and that. And the kid can't even grow a whisker. <laughs> I'm going to look at him and go, bro, you need to step aside real quick. It's, it's madness that the, the, you know, in Dallas County, they're locked down till May 20th. Uh, Virginia, they've locked down till June or into June. So, uh, Patrick, let me, let me let me interrupt you because you touched on a couple things um, as well when you were mentioning uh, earlier the military thing. So, for example, I got an email from a buddy of mine who's like, he's like, he's drank the Kool Aid. He's full over there. Like this is the apocalypse, and, and he's like, they're calling in the National Guard and closing the Oregon and California borders. And it's like, okay, first of all, the National Guard who, by the way, I know some of them, and they're, some of them are soccer moms, are coming in to help deliver supplies for the medical community. It's this, yeah. but, but all you have to do yeah. is say the National Guard, and we, and we picture heavy buffed guys in army fatigues with rifles saying, get back in your house, Mr. Stroud. <laughs> no. Yeah, they're, they're moving, they're moving, they're moving, you know, they're moving supplies and things like that. My yeah. friend from the National Guard, I do, I, I said that to, to mess with, with people, 
I'm not making fun of the National Guard, but many of them can't grow a beard. But he said, hey, bro, he goes, we're just moving supplies and stuff. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I say that, and again, I have massive respect for, for people on the front line. Yeah, absolutely. Police, fire department, first responder. Uh, I'm a search and rescue. <laughs> but at the same time, you presented a realistic picture. Um, I'm now, I'll find myself in a position having to explain myself to a 27-year-old you know, at the border, you know, who's like scared, whose grandfather passed away from coronavirus and is, is like scared about me because I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm going somewhere, you know, and, and, and that, this, that part, the loss of civil liberties does, uh, this, this is bothering me. Uh, but then again, I have to be careful because I just hear stuff. So I heard you can't go fishing in like some of the states. You're not allowed to go fishing. And my first reaction is is pretty vitriolic. I'm like, are you? You know, it's like, really? Fishing now? But then, you know, the thing is, there's always, you've got to get all of the information. Why did they do that? Is it, oh no, it's only certain parks and certain places where thousands of people can go. Okay, I get it. So I can go out to the Rogue River with my rod and fish for salmon right now. Yes, you can. Okay. See, again, this it's getting the right information. And, and something you said, uh, Patrick, I'm going to jump on you for it, is the use of the word lockdown, right? There is no lockdown. There is no military law being expressed right now. But that's right. what we're all saying. Military law is the loss of civil liberties. Like, we're, we're screwed if it was actual military law. Sure, sure. Um, but you have instances right. in Los Angeles where people are telling businesses are supposed to be closed and the people are telling on people and they're cutting the power and electricity of these buildings. So I, I, I appreciate you. I mean... Uh, whatever, breaking down that word lockdown, how how pervasive it is. But in such a situation, certain situations here in Alton, Illinois, a guy refused to close his bar. They stormed it. Like, you know, I, I have friends who were there and friends who were owned it and stuff. It's like almost a Gestapo mission closing a bar because they didn't want to they didn't want to close down. And again, and I, before we get before we let you go, before we take what we can do. And I've said this before as well, even people who aren't conspiracy theorists, quote unquote, or even do what we do, they're starting to just put it together that this isn't making sense. The numbers aren't adding up. I can't go to fucking work because what? I'm going to lose my mortgage and XYZ because of what? You know, and going back to some of the, the false numbers and the false reporting, Bloomberg News, which isn't the most whatever trusted thing in the world, they say 99% of the people who've died in Italy died because of other things underlying issues but they owe it they're stamping it as coronavirus like a lot of these death certificates even if you have a cold or even not corona they're putting on the death certificates corona so they're flubbing the numbers in my opinion to justify if you don't want to call it a lockdown or just all of this to justify continuing this what are your thoughts about that well i yeah huh. and i and i think you know we run the risk of being called insensitive uh, in the situation because there's a lot of sensitive people who are like, no, we need these measures in place. This is, again, we come back to the fear and those kinds of headlines so radically misleading. You're absolutely correct. I get it from my wife every day on the doctor side of things, on the hospital side of things. Like, no, that's not actually... I would get this on other topics as well. Sometimes I'd hear Shapiro say something and I'd go, wait, because I can't stand with Shapiro or Rogan when they say something. Again, this is the problem. See, the press, the headlines, what you're just saying about Italy... They need a headline. Who's writing the headline? Well, some 26-year-old who got a job, you know, and, and it goes through and they're working on the 
And it flows back to somebody thinking it's like local news, got off of local news with, you know, with their advice tips on things are always so lame. They need a headline. And uh, talk show people like Shapiro and Rogan need to say something. And so they just say shit. They just say it. And that's the stuff that pisses me off the most. I've heard, look, I like Joe Rogan. Obviously, I've been on his show twice. He's, I would consider him a friend. But, man, he said a couple things I'd love to take him to task on. Because I was like, Joe, why'd you say that? You don't know shit about the Canadian health system. So why did you say that? You just said it. You know? And Shapiro, the same thing. You know, That's just your political opinion, Ben. But you're saying it like it's a fact. But it's not. It's your opinion. Let's separate opinions right. from facts. Well, then these people who are creating these headlines you're talking about, they're not separating their opinion from fact anymore. Right. You know, they're, we're getting opinions as headlines. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening. A lot we're of editorializing. As, and as this goes down, as this goes down the road longer and longer, week by week, uh, people becoming more discontent, more uncomfortable with what they're, what they're seeing. You know, I talk to people in stores, you know, people are waking up to the fact that, wait a minute, this, this to them even people who have never paid attention to any rabbit hole subject matter are saying this isn't this can't be about a virus man this can't be about a virus and you know and and Jeff and I have been following the financial sector for a long time we've been talking about uh, Deutsche Bank we've talked about Wells Fargo and other global banks that were in their death throes literally from the QE the endless and and senseless QE from the 2008 collapse they the bubbles had gotten so big. I mean, they were so over collateralized that the things were ready to collapse. Is this virus? And and you don't even have to answer it. I'm just hypothesizing. And all all arrows point in the direction of yes, when a virus, whether lab created or not, is being used as camouflage for an economic collapse and reset. And without a doubt in my mind, 99.9% sure that that's exactly because I have followed the financial sector for so long. Well, Here's the perspective that I take when it comes to conspiracies, and I don't treat <clears throat> the word conspiracies as a bad word at all. Right. Um, as I said, I, I, I find it all pretty intriguing, you know. Uh, but how do we deal with them as regular people? How do we how do we handle them? First of all, in terms of whether or not to believe them, my perspective on whether or not to to accept and believe conspiracies conspiracies is the same thing I have on life in general. For me, yes to it all. I think all of it is very possible, from the Illuminati right. on the way, all the way down to accidental uh, things. And that's the other thing that doesn't come up very often. I think we often paint conspiracies, uh, and as they often are, uh, long drawn out affairs that go back to the Rockefellers and go back to the you know the the, the Chinese 1,000 year you know, you know plan to control the world and it goes back to this and and the Illuminati and so on yes but also what I think happens with a lot of cons conspiracies is stuff just happens along the way that nobody saw coming and then people with a lot of power it's an opportunity and they go Absolutely. aha. I know how we can secure owning the Middle East, or I'm making that up, you know, or what have you. We can use this pandemic. We can use this war. We can use oil. We can use the fear. And of course, they, they've always known, and now here I am saying the they word. But <laughs> gotcha. Anyone who's in control, who's trying to manipulate the way society carries on, has always known that fear is, that's just since the dawning of us For as sure. 
upright walking human beings, fear-based manip manipulation and motivation is powerful. Yeah. I think that leads us to what has been my role in a lot of situations. And again, I don't want people to think I'm being insensitive. Every you know, protective measurement should be put in place to protect you from getting the virus. Absolutely, do all these things, do them correctly. Be a law-abiding citizen, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but wipe away the fear and get this information and then figure out what to do with conspiracies. See, the reason why I don't go, don't go headlong into conspiracies is because I'm a, I'm a solution-oriented person. I see a, I'm a fixer. I see a problem. I want to know how to fix it. That's what led me to wilderness survival. It's all about fixing problems, right? Immediate physical problems. And if I go into the conspiracy world, I'm going to be like, okay, well, how can we stop them? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, and the problem is that would take yes. 18 lifetimes. Yes, you know? you're absolutely I, right. Not, I don't have enough life to try to fix that problem. You know, I'm just trying to figure out how I can bring the snow buntings back to my yard right now. You know, so, so, Less is more, no pun intended. Well, so that's that's it. So if, if people can take this conspiracies and the, the big you were saying it, Patrick, when you're talking to Whitney was like, man, uh, or maybe it was you just you were saying, oh, this is so big. There's so many layers. And you're right. It can be so overwhelming. So what does it mean to you? I'm looking at you guys right now. You look like you're in a comfortable abode. You don't look like you're 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 broadcasting this from a you know, homeless position in the streets of San Francisco right now, right? Yeah. So 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 you're in a good place. You know, I'm in a good place. I'm in my house right now, and I think, what can I do about those conspiracies? Or me, probably nothing. Just be interested in them, talk about them, debate them. But okay, I did. This is something I wanted to get out when I thought about talking to you guys. What do I do? Where do I bring this down to? Why am I feeling kind of on one, one on many levels okay about everything that's going on right now? And when I say okay, I mean for myself in terms of how I'm going to get through this. I realized I've pretty much spent my whole life as an outlier in the economy of society. I've felt a recession. I've never felt a boom or a bust. None of that has ever mattered to me. I've stayed uh, uh, free and clear of having the financial aspects of society affect me. I'm a content creator, I'm a doer, I'm a, I go out and do things, and this is kind of no different. Now, I have a tiny little nest egg that will keep me alive financially, but in the end, heck, I'll just grab my tent and go camping. Hmm. You know, So I think that's something that, as far as empowering people, is to say, again, use the zones of assessment, figure out everything you actually have. You know, it, okay, so the Illuminati is controlling society, and and Trump is okaying weird shit, and, and people in Italy are doing stuff, and France is doing, they're locked down this, and military, ah. Okay, <laughs> what have you, what can you really do? And and then put all that together. So I know right now, you know what I'm doing this weekend? I'm going camping with my dogs. Nice. I would do that anyway. Right. I do that anyways. Right. right. I, if I could say to anybody anything, and this doesn't work for sheeple, okay? So if you're just a slave to being a sheeple and you just want to have your your society laid out and be told what to do, I got nothing for you, okay? Because you're not my kind of person, and there's that is a, a lot of people. Um, no disrespect to them, and in many cases they they live lives very honorably and they they actually do contribute. Well, this goes down another thing is a, yeah. how we contribute to society, and um, but if you're just not even into contributing to society at all, well, then you're a schmo, and you're just, you're just taking. You're just taking. 
Why are you just taking, you know? But for the rest of us we can that want to be smart about this, it's about getting control of your own life. This is a great opportunity to say, I didn't realize how much, uh, quote unquote, they or the man mm -hmm. was in control of my life until now because I'm like scared. I got no job. I, so find the, I mean, man, this is going to be such a boom to the internet if you think about it, but and online work and so on. But I've just never lived my life in a way where I was dependent upon society. Maybe that's what I'm, and, and that includes when I was completely stitch broke, when I was stitch broke and had two children, and when I've done well as a filmmaker. All times of my life, regardless of my financial position, my philosophical position is how can I not be worried about what society's going through? How can I just And that seems like like you said that's intrinsic to who you are and I obviously that that's not everybody, but I was going to ask you and we've talked about this too and in addition to this being a political social all this kind of reset, how much do you see this changing people's paradigm of self-sufficiency, of not being so reliant on whatever you want to call it, government, the man, other people to take care of you. In my opinion, I'm seeing you know, shortages on seeds. I'm seeing people starting to get their garden together already. I know it is planting time, but I'm seeing people asking online about chicken coops, et cetera, building greenhouses in the backyard. Do you see this kind of uh, helping people get a little bit more self-sufficient? Yeah, I think... The positive me says, absolutely, I see those things too, and I think, yeah, that's good. That's real, that's real good, you know? Um, the negative side of me says, but there will always be those who just wanted to go back to the way it was. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't, they don't it's like, no, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna take responsibility for myself, right? They'll, those will, they, they, will, they will be there, and they will come back. But yes, on the positive spin, you're absolutely right. The, the, but again, self-sufficiency where? You and I live in a first world. You know, I have raised beds out, outside this window. 30 feet from now, I've got raised garden beds when I have, and I have vegetables planted right now. Can't do that in the middle of Sierra Leone. Yeah, you know? right. Um, so it's going to be relative as far as self-sufficiency is relative to where we are True. and, you know, uh, how we live. But it's not, but it, but it's still absolute in terms of how we look at where we are. I mean, what, what was the gentleman's name? Victor Frankl? Who wrote the book about being in the uh, the uh, the Auschwitz, and and you know what, that frame of survival, just and I'm and I'm not contradicting what I just said. Physically speaking, in terms of assets, yes, there's a big difference between where I'm sitting right now and somebody sitting in the middle of of uh, I don't know, Sierra Leone or wherever. That's different, but mentally speaking, it's the same. You're either looking after yourself, finding the way, yeah. finding the solution, the answer, relatively speaking to your condition and your situation. Like I had, look, I now or 40 years ago, me is the same me and the same desire to be in control of myself. I mean, that's why I made it out of Mimico, Ontario. You know, most of the people, a lot of, most of my friends, many of my friends are still alcoholics. And, and many of the, many of the people, I, I grew up in a, in a low income, low, you know, low rent kind of place and a dysfunctional family, dysfunctional, uh, you know, separated family, all that stuff. I was a teenage alcoholic at 17. I mean, you know, I, that's what I grew up out of, you know, I could have stayed there, but the, but the part in me that said, no, I can, I can change my own circumstances. I, by all rights, should be working, you know, loading pallets right now. Not to disrespect that, I did it many, many years. I've worked 70 blue collar jobs in my life and some of them I loved, but um, I always wanted something more for myself. And that's what we can do. And I think you're right. I think, I hope, 
let's just say I hope this wakes up a lot of people to want more for themselves and say, you know, this was a real this was a real wake up call. Yeah. I didn't realize how dependent I was on how society operates. And I have a wife or a husband and, and I have a kid or three kids or or no kids, but three dogs. I want to be in control. I want to be in control. I hope people start to be. And that is a great pushback to the bigger conspiracy theories that you guys talk about is if you're in self-control you know god forbid one day there's a forced you know chip put in our arms that'll be the day i go to the bush and say come and find me or right, kill me right you know and this I'm and this cards and, and phones it also you know begs to ask uh when you talk about chips and everything else, and, and you're not pulling that out of thin air. I mean, Bill Gates has talked about a vaccine with a in it to where they can track where you are, if you've had other vaccines, what all kinds of other information, insane talk out of Bill Gates. But this is where I would hope that a lot of my friends who believe in large government would understand that individual strength of the citizens uh, creates a much, a much better herd survivability, number one, and dependence on big government to solve our problems can lead us down a path of disaster in a split second. Yes, and we have to decide along the way, you know, are we people that want to help and contribute to society or do we give a crap and we want to be selfish about things? You know, I've often said there's three ways to, to live life. Um, selfishly, um, contributing globally or contributing to your community. Now. Sometimes we have to live selfishly for a while. Selfishly means um, taking a course, training yourself. Uh, you know, when you're training for fighting, Patrick, you are you're being selfish in that moment. You have to 100%. Got to train, right? Learning, becoming this or that. That's selfish. Has to happen, but it cannot just be the only way we live. Right. Because then right. you're just nothing but taking, right? So then, all right. So you get through the selfish, and that'll come back. There's times where we want selfishness. If I wanted to learn Spanish tomorrow, I need to be selfish about it or it's not going to happen. Okay. Same then on. we can give. It's about giving globally or, or, or community-wise. And God bless everybody who gives to the community. They are the soccer moms and soccer dads. They, they coach the teams. They deliver to the seniors. They, that's not really been me very much. I'm not a community kind of guy. Uh, listen, man, I'm frustrated living in a cul-de-sac right now because I can see people, my neighbors. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously for what I, so. But but fantastic that they do that. I'm a I like I like I always understood when John Lennon said I don't want to reach ten people, I want to reach ten million people. I got that. I'm like, oh, I like that. You know, that's why I've made television and shows and films, because I like doing that. And then there's also hybrids in there too. But that's what we decide. The thing is, for those people, now this is the this is the the accusational, for those people who are okay with just living selfishly, I got no time for them. I you know as I said, there's a usefulness to being selfish on occasion when we need to, and sometimes that might last four years while you're in university, or 12 years in the case of my wife who wanted to become a doctor. It's 12 years of learning to do that. Now she's an incredible giver, saving lives. But if you if you have no intention to give back to society in any way, you guys are giving information. You created a platform. Nobody's nobody's forcing you to to sit in those chairs in front of those microphones when you know. I'll be really gentle about this, like. If I'm in a situation that is that is lame and somebody's wasting my time, then I like to say, you know what, I, I'd really rather be home making love to my wife right now. 
So, you know, and that's kind of my ballpark right there. It's like, <laughs> you know, if you're going to waste my time, forget it. It's, it's how I deal with creating, okay? With a Survivor Man episode, and I would teach this to younger creators, they look at, how dare you ask somebody to sit down for uh, 60 minutes of their life to watch your crap, and you didn't put all, all your all into it, you didn't bring your A game, you phoned it in, how dare you? You have no right to take an hour out of my life. I'd rather be with my wife. I'd right. rather be with my dogs. Don't waste my time. That's why even like, that's why I don't do many interviews, and that's why I told you guys right off, I'm in a bad mood, I have coffee, because <laughs> I've been inside. This is the longest I've gone without flying somewhere, and I think it's getting to me. But the same thing is I'm not gonna hold back while talking to you guys, and you guys should, unsolicited advice you guys should never hold back in pressing and asking questions i think when you're talking to somebody like me and you disagree i think you should throw it on the table say wait a minute wait a minute you said this that's what i was alluding to earlier i was kind of wanting to hear on a couple occasions how do you know that wait a minute whoa whoa whoa. okay whitney that's a boatload of information let's stop right there <laughs> how do you know that you just said it i'd like to know how you know uh-huh uh-huh oh New respect. Okay, carry on. You know, that's what I'm saying. Right. And it's about we all bring our A game because, you know, you guys interviewing me right now, you don't have the right to take this time out of my life. But I like you guys, and I've talked to you before, and I've, or I've talked to you. And, and um, so I knew that it would be worthwhile and fun and edifying. And, and, and so I don't know. That's what I look. I think that if we come out of this pandemic, you know, more set in the knowledge that we need to be more in control of our own lives. Look, I can't do anything about the Illuminati. I'll, I'll keep reading Graham Hancock's and David Icke. <laughs> I'll keep doing it. But I can't. And, and, you know, a tangent on this, again, back to this whole self-fulfilling prophecy, I think, and, and the sad side where, where preppers are gleeful about this and, and the sad side that we're creating an acceptance of this. Think about it. I find incredible interest that sometimes in the silliest of places – Profound things are spoken, like in Men in Black and in Paul, two very silly movies. And yet, um, at one point, when when Will uh, uh, Will is about to Will Smith is about to find out that you know he just found out aliens exist, and and uh, Tom Tommy Lee Jones is saying, you know, he says, oh, Will says, oh, you know, come on, man, what people are smart, and he, he goes, no, a person is smart, mm. people prone to panic, and I'm yes. like, that was brilliant, you know? And the other one to that, another funny one, was in the movie Paul. And the guy, you remember Paul, the alien, the dope-smoking, uh, uh, talking alien, the two English guys, and they go on the convention, and to, well, so this little alien, this little dope-smoking alien, joking alien, and, and they said, like, well, how come you look like you look? Like, like you look like we expect you to look. And he goes, you idiots. We've been drip feeding you information for years of how we <laughs> see us. You won't be scared. And I thought that is just <clears throat> brilliant. Which is why I say yeah. yes to all, yes to conspiracies and aliens. I think I think a lot of conspiracies, though. I will say this is this one thing I haven't heard much, but I, so it's my thing. Is I think a lot of conspiracies also conspiracies also, as I said earlier, happen accidentally, and those in power take advantage of it, the opportunity. <clears throat> Simple as that. They often and say, "Never let a never let a crisis go to waste." They often say it for sure. But it's exactly. like, well, I mean, not not to get too deep into challenging that because you're absolutely correct. But again, researching and and 
what's the word, solidifying the information. Like Bill Gates in 2000 or whatever, 19, did do Event 201, which was a war game essentially for this very pandemic. He produced the docuseries Pandemic on Netflix before this popped off. White, when it popped off, he retires from Microsoft and Berkshire Hathaway. And then on a CBS morning show yesterday says things won't be going back to normal until people till there is mass vaccinations. What that means exactly. So it, I, as a conspiracy theorist, I don't necessarily think I know all things at all times. But as a history guy, you see patterns, you attempt to put these pieces together to have a, some semblance of understanding what's going on. I don't ever like to say, like, I know 100 percent what's going on. But my considerations suggest X, Y, Z when I do start putting these pieces together. So I, I think, again, it's it's good to have discernment and have an open mind because, you know, we've had David Icon and I love him. I, he's, he's very entertaining, but whatever it is, whether it's lizard people, whether it's whatever it is, you got to have discernment because obviously it all can't be true. But hidden within a lot of that is the quote unquote truth. So it's uh, well, it's you got to be careful of the skew, though. Right. So and this is the thing is when when the patterns, like you said, and we love patterns, don't we? But it all depends on who's presenting the pattern. And, and, and someone could take one pattern and flip it on its head and say, no, actually, look at the backside of the pattern. Right, it actually right. goes this way. Oh, man, that's just some crackers of what I was thinking. But one of the things that, that I here's, – here's one of my fears, speaking of the dark side of this. My fear of the follow-through on this is what we're all now saying, the new normal. I don't – well, I'm not confident about the new normal. No. You know, after 9-11, the new normal in airports is right. completely accepted right now. We're all good with it. Everybody's fine. And I don't deny it at all. It's right and should be there, but it's freaking annoying at the same time. And, you know, and, and, and the thing that gets missed, especially by politicians in this, is that when the downloaded, the decision's made big, and, and when it's downloaded, 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 and then it lands on one person sitting there at the border telling, you know, a 69-year-old lady that she can't go on the plane with her knitting needles, when meanwhile they serve, you know, metal utensils in first class that could easily be turned into an amazing weapon. That's when it's like, really? How far has this gone? And so I'm worried about our new normal with this. Um, I, we're going to see a lot of face masks. You know, I'm not going to – everybody's saying this kind of stuff, so I don't need to be redundant about it. I'm out more than to say um, my, the new normal is going to be frustrating, but to empower us with the new normal is, again, for me to say, then take control of your own life. Yes. Find the way – and I don't mean to be necessarily even civilly disobedient or to break the law or to go into the black economy or any of that stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm saying – Find the ways, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, to control your own life. A paradigm shift. A paradigm shift, yeah. Well, Nick, it's interesting. This- you know, as this as this does play out, and you just mentioned all the stuff from nine eleven, and that's twenty years ago, and we're still dealing with it. How long is this going to play out? Because everybody are saying, you know, this is Pearl Harbor and JFK and nine eleven all at once. I mean, I don't know if that's that's kind of hyperbolic, but still, this is unprecedented. So again, that new normal. How is how long is it going to last? I mean, they keep extending right. it, you know, 30 more days. Well, we got to cancel the Olympics. We got to cancel the election. We got to cancel the Democratic Convention. You're like, how long's they just keep kicking the can down the road? And again, the numbers don't add up to necessitate it. That's what's even really, I think, pissing a lot of people off. Yeah. yeah it becomes the frog in the pot thing, right? Yes. Yeah, we, and we've been there. Big, fat ass societal frog right now. And we just, we're in a nice, a nice, cozy, warm pot of water. And they're just turning up the heat slowly. <laughs> 
you know, and not to sound, but, but again, now I'm sounding like, you know, I, I really dislike the alarmists that are out there. Um, that feeds the fear. Uh, again, I don't know where else to go with this in many occasions, except to say that I've taken control of my own life always. I'm now a 58 year old guy with a successful film career in his, in his behind, you know, my kids are grown all the, so nobody really cares about me. I'm not a politician. I'm not out there doing it. Even online, I'm, I'm, I'm more prone towards doing things online that entertain people and help them feel better, you know, um, with all the new stuff I'm putting out. So I'm kind of not a threat, you know. Uh, and somebody, now somebody's listening to this going, no, you don't know, man. You're being <laughs> controlled. No, it's like, you know I kind of do what I want to do in life. So how am I being controlled? And if that's being controlled, I'm good with it because I'm, I can walk my dogs. I can go fishing. I can hike. I'm I'm good. I don't feel. You know. I mean, I, the only way I could see you being a threat, and like I've always, I mean, I literally over the years, I learned how to build a lean-to watching you. You know what I mean? It's like learning those survival skills is threatening to a certain aspect. I think of the society because they want you on the dole. They want you whether it's the mark of the beast or whatever. They want you on your phone. They want to monitor you and all that. They don't want you out in the bush eating your own food. And you know what I mean? So in that respect, I think you are kind of a threat, brother. So don't be don't be too modest. Uh, except that it's not going to happen. I remember in, in presenting, here's my shameless plug, the new series Wild Harvest, which is about local foraging. And one person did say, you don't want to give everybody, people, the knowledge they can go out and harvest milkweed. They're going to denude those. No, they're not. Because not, there's not going to be a mass movement to go and harvest dandelion tomorrow. You know, it's just not going to happen. Right. It's just wonderful self-sufficiency information. You know, again, we're so lucky here in the first world. Half the time we're just bitching about first world complaints. I mean, sure. good Lord, look at the three of us. We're healthy and strong. And, you know, we're, we're, we're living in great places. We've got friends and relationships. I mean, we don't have anything to complain about, you know. So empowering us to to know how to go pick a, a dandelion and roast the roots for coffee and eat the top for fritters is, you know, is not going to be denude anything out there, you know. So I'm all about that. I think you guys create a great platform. Um, but I think that the message to your listeners for me is about being super discerning. It's like, look, if, if, if Conspiracy Farm gives you the information, I always want to say, but now what are you going to do with it? Yes. What do you, are you, compartmentalize it somehow. I know I can do nothing about the Illuminati or big government or the Rockefellers or anything. I know I can do nothing about that because I have no desire to. I'm not David Icke. I'm not Graham Hancocks. I'm just, I'm not going to write books about it. You know, I just, it's intriguing. So I've compartmentalized it and I can handle it. When you guys put something on your show, a revelation that somebody I'm like, oh my God, that, make, you know, that makes so much sense. And then I'm like, I think I have another cup of coffee, cup of coffee, go walk my dog out. Yes. <laughs> the other thing is like at the end of the day, we still just want to go have a beer with our buddies, right. you know, and which is why I worry about liberties i worry about you know some kid on that no disrespect to, to young smart people but some kid like you were saying who can't grow a chin whisker who's in some position of authority and power um but i've always had a problem with people who throw protocol in front of common sense who who use protocol as an excuse to to play out a rule that doesn't make any sense for the situation Sure, sure. Yeah. And the thing for me, the thing, the thing for me is, you know, when we ask as one single person, what can we do 
uh, to stop what these people are doing. Well, as one person, we definitely can't. But Jeffrey and I, both being very passionate for many, many years about this type of subject matter, felt it our duty to to get it out there so that people can use that information to do with what they want. Um, we certainly present as many scenarios as possible and try to include the, the, the players in all of these things that are going on as factually as we can. We do our best to look at documents that are have been unclassified. We, we try to you know, interview experts like yourself who are professionals and experts in the field that we're talking about. And what I boil it all down to is this, is I've got young children. I've got a 17-year-old, 15-year-old, and a six-year-old, all girls. And for <laughs> me, I present to and, and pose the question to our listeners is, <clears throat> excuse me, how much freedom are you willing to leave your children or the lack thereof? And so that's why I'm a fighter. I, I am a fighter through and through in every way, shape, or form. Maybe it comes from me being bullied horribly when I was a kid. I had brothers that were all 6'5". Um, I couldn't, <laughs> trust me, I never got the most potatoes out of the bowl. You know, that, but, but what I'm saying is, is ultimately when someone stops your car and violates your four, Fourth Amendment, uh, if, if it gets to that situation, you need to be equipped with the knowledge and the skills to be able to fight back with that. And, and that's, that's what I'm saying is, is that's why we do what we do because I'm thinking about my children and the future of this nation and this world. I, I agree with you. I think equipping uh, people with the knowledge and the information, with the skill set, um, and again, I mean, my kids are a bit are older than yours, but equipping your daughters with the knowledge of how to be in control of their own selves, uh, this is all very vital stuff. There's a side lesson along the way that I learned as a filmmaker. And that is when you are in that situation, you, you also have to be equipped with the skill of assessing, go back to the assessment again, assessing the person you're dealing with and make that assessment. It's very, very critical because I'll give you an anecdotal reference. When we were filming Beyond Survival Series, um, I had a, a field producer and we had to cross so many borders. And when this one individual was my field producer, Every single time he got called into the little room, every time, it's like, what are you doing? What are you saying that you keep getting stalled at the airports and pulled into the room all the time? That's when I realized, I love this man, very smart, intelligent individual, so sure of his own rightness that he would always take it upon himself to correct the customs guard to make sure the customs guard knew that he had it all. Here's this paper and this paper and that paper and we did this and we did that. You've just overwhelmed the person in their pay grade who says, I'm overwhelmed. This is above my pay grade. Go to the next room, please. Mm -hmm. You scared me. You overwhelmed me. And so assessing, whereas I, when I do it or my other field producers, and I'm, you know, I'm, I can be in a bad mood, combative, but never against authority in a sure. precarious situation. So I would show up and I would often go, here's my paperwork. And then I'd go silent. And I would answer the questions they asked me. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, sir. Okay. And I, that is the one time in life. So there's a skill set in dealing with the people who are in authoritative position, who who are have their own agendas, their own personalities. They're they they argued with their husband or their wife that morning. You know, their their kids on drugs, whatever the situation is. They're in a bad mood. 
And boy, if you go there and you're going to attempt to correct them because you have all the paperwork that's right and you have a right to cross this border right now, look, I can get get ready for a very long wait and a very long time in a little room waiting to talk to superiors. So sure. that's another skill set is is mentally knowing how to assess your opponent. I mean, Patrick, you got to know that part. Yeah, and the the extreme version of that would be you know the Taliban shaking U.S. soldiers' hands by day and planting IEDs at night, brother. Because they knew they knew their enemy. They knew they knew how. And 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 look, I don't want to position any situation where anybody that we're going to deal with is an enemy. That's not it. Sure, but sure. No, not at all. Of them, you've got a commonsensical situation, and they're just not seeing it. And you're like, dude. So that's why it's like what my 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 accountant once told me. When I was taught, you know, long time ago as a young business owner trying to make things work, he'd say, Les, all the tax man needs to know is, is it plausible? You make it plausible, we can put it the line item down. You make it plausible. I just want plausibility. So I don't go out right now. So everybody listening to this, I'm not going out. But if I go out, I make damn certain that my reasoning for going out, whether it's Home Depot or the grocery store, is 100% plausible. Should I be pulled over by a nervous policeman or National Guard who's trying to just do their job? They're scared. They don't know. I look intimidating or something like that. I'm just like, yes, sir. Uh, that's when I. That's when I become very, uh, never passive. I just. That's when you play the nice card. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Sure. I agree. A very disarming if, disposition. Well, even if it's like, yes, I am a complete idiot. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm like, oh, thank you very much. It's like, you can't be, com as you can tell. I mean, I can be combative at times, but never <laughs> then. Never, never when dealing, like, look, they've got a tough job. These, these people now, they've got a tough job, man. Standing on, you know, it's your neighbor standing at the border, questioning why you need to cross into California. You know, well... You need to have your alibi, as it were, down pat. You need to have plausibility into why you're going. Make sure it's real. And for the most, and here's, you know, here's another fallback. Don't break the law and you've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> you know, it's just like if you're just a clean, good living person, don't, and you're not breaking the law. I've always said, you know, uh, Walt Whitman, always tell the truth and then you don't have to remember anything. Right. Let it out. For and sure. For sure. That's well, kind of yeah, no, I'm with it, man. I'm with it. And I've, I've always heard, you know, just generally speaking, being a golden rule guy, respect begets respect. And like you said, when, you, when you're speaking to somebody, just don't be a dick. Like, you know what I mean? Just be nice. Treat them how you would want to be treated. Very simple. And let, you know, and, and if they're going to be a dick, well, you know, if That's they're in that. a position of authority, you got to have, and you got to let them do it. I'll tell you a, a real unfortunate situation to have, but I don't want to leave this on a dark, dark message here. <laughs> That's what we do. But I got accosted the other day. Because I have Canadian license plates by a guy who was sure I brought coronavirus down into the United States, even though I've been here for the past you know, near year. Wow. And been living here for four and a half years. I mean, this guy took pictures of me, was shaking his fist, was screaming and yelling. I mean, clear he was frothing, frothing at the mouth. Wow. Now, I, I didn't go and face him. Another time, another place, maybe back up in Canada, I would have. I would have. But I'm thinking this guy's probably got it. He probably carries, you know, and he's frothing at the mouth. Why? Because I had a Canadian license plate on my car. And apparently I'm responsible for, even though there's less cases in Canada than there is down here. And sure. I just thought how sad, how upsetting for me as a person who loves being in, in this country, loves being married to an American, 
highly promotes the beauty of, of, of the United States every chance I get to get that reaction, that overdo, that overreaction by some guy who just, you know what it is though? He's living in fear, just complete, absolute fear. He doesn't know he's lashing out. And he's, and unfortunately in this situation, he's one of many who with that very similar mindset with authority and without authority, there are people who've been so mind effed by this. It's, it's, it's scary, man. And like I said, we're, we're not even really, I mean, we're into it, but we're not as deep into it as, you know, we're going to be here doing this for a little while. So um, I'm a little well, worried. Your new normal is going to persist. I'm sure you guys got better let you guys go. You got me talking but uh, for too long here now. But I think, our, I think our new normal is something to be a little bit, I'll say, concerned with, not worried about. But if you, if you find all the ways to express self-control in every aspect of your life, every aspect, then you don't have to you kind of don't have to worry about it's come what may it's whatever comes i'm i'm ready you know patrick with your daughters me with my kids and my partner sure. and thing it's like well worst what's the worst case scenario well um, martial law and this and that okay well how can i still be in control of myself within that scope you know sure. yeah. that's how and we i was quote. thinking and i was thinking ahead years ago regarding my my wife and kids my wife's from montreal she's canadian as as are you uh Lesson. So, you know, my kids being born here, but with a Canadian mother, um, they all have dual citizenship. And I wanted that just in case, call it whatever, uh, seeing into the future potential problems that could arise, being able to move them around easily uh, to safety was first and foremost on my mind. And so they are all dual citizens. And if things were to get ugly here, uh, they could go to Canada. So if things are crazy in Canada, they could, you know, stay here. But whatever. But you being married to a Canadian, um, you know, and, and your kids, are they dual citizens? No, my kids were uh, they were born up in Canada to my my uh, my ex-wife and, and she's Canadian. But my, okay. my wife's American. And uh, and I'm and same thing there. I'm following all the rules, submitting all the documents. I do everything. Right. Like I said, man, don't break the law. And then you're not going to you don't have to you don't have to worry about anything. Don't don't cheat, you know, but be smart about the, the the things that are going down this new norm be smart about yes. be informed yes that's why i say like i don't know can i go fishing on the road river tomorrow i just want i hear somebody somewhere on some post said you can't fish it <laughs> well it's like okay hang on so i'll go online oh yeah okay i'm getting my rod i'm going fishing tomorrow you know just just be informed man that's yeah. why what you guys is a lot of fun and 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 you just have to hope and rely and, and count on people taking what you guys are putting out there and uh, enough sanity, enough sanity, right? Right. Enough sanity. I mean, it's like I fly through for 20, 20 years now. I've been on planes constantly up to 180 flights a year, you know, for broadcasting, coaching as an athlete, all these different things that I was doing. And so I've kind of got to know how to mess with TSA a little bit with comedy. And sometimes there's an orange red square on the scanner on my crotch and the guys, you know, has to get down on his knees. And so I'm cracking jokes. I'm always making everybody laugh about it. I, I, this is a well-rehearsed standup uh, routine that I've got now, but I have to, I have to make light of a situation and just, and, and turn it into comedy, make people laugh, whatever, because it's a, it's an uncomfortable situation for everybody. But one of the times that I did it, I got out of the line after I went through this whole spiel and, and made the guy on his knees laugh and everything else. I went over and there was a, a plainclothes federal agent standing there and she decided to start uh, berating me uh, in front of everyone and, and trying to chew my ass. And 
And I let her have it. I said, listen, I'm not one of the sheep that you can control. Uh, we know that this is useless, this is bullshit, and this is all for looks. This doesn't provide any safety from anything that could potentially happen. So I'm not, I'm not one of those people that you want to be talking to right now. And she went, understood, and turned around and walked away. So it's you have to you have to be able to you know uh, I wasn't too abrasive, but I let her know uh, no that's that's not how this conversation is going. You didn't get the latex not, glove. Bend over, Mister yeah, Militich. Right. <laughs> he asked for it. Let's see how sensational. <laughs> see how sensational you really are, bro. Do the glove. Come on. Les, man, it has been absolutely awesome. And as we've been telling some of our, I know you're a busy guy, so I know this is kind of a long shot. But as this plays out, you know, a month or two down the line, we'd love to get you back, see, kind of compare our conversation now to a couple months down the line. Um, LesStroud.ca. Anything else? Any other shout-out for any social networking? Where can we can find you, my friend? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm doing right now on my on uh, SurviveMan-LesStroud, my YouTube channel and on my Facebook? I'm uploading all kinds of Survivor Man archive catalog uh, content that you can't see. Things like my director's commentaries on the episodes. Um, I've done a, jo- a fun series called Survivor Man COVID-19. I I'm saw those. Doing I saw those. <laughs> having fun with that. And that's like, you got to laugh. It's yeah. like, come on, guys. And then I was doing some helpful tips and stuff. Uh, honestly, guys, uh, I'm going to back. I'm going to backpedal on those 30 35% of the posts were people freaking out. And I said, you know what? Not worth it. I'll do it up right. I'm gonna, when I do my public television special on surviving disasters, it'll be very serious, well thought out. I'm already communicating with FEMA, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, Customs Border Patrol, U.S. Coast Guard. I'm talking to them saying, you tell me what the right information is. Make sure I don't make a bad documentary here. Help me to help you. So I'm doing that up really well, but I'm going to back off on my, my online. But if people want to laugh, Go to my YouTube channel for Survive Man COVID-19, <laughs> and if they want some just great entertainment, every day I'm uploading some new Survivor Man um, archive content. I used to have an online thing called SMTV. I had to take it down. No point in getting into that. But I'm putting it all up on YouTube, you know? Sweet. And, and for the dude out there that says, he's only doing it to make money, he's making 5K, 5K a day. Dude, I made 80 bucks last month with every single post I put up. I made 80 bucks. So stop it, you know? I'm just <laughs> doing it at home and i'm and i like to put stuff out there for people but i'm, I'm right now building for this new special and the new series i'm you know I'm, I'm literally cleaning camera gear at the moment and getting ready so um i'd love to come back as you can tell you know i never shy from uh i never shy from controversy that's and all right i'm not gonna back everything i said today only to say that hey everyone you know what get control of your own life stop living in fear about this thing if you the more information you have from listening to podcasts like like conspiracy farm the better off you will be to say no you know to your partner no it's okay we can go grocery shopping today and i know how to do it you know get that information and keep living life because uh it is not armageddon this is not the apocalypse very sage words to end on, ladies and gentlemen. Do not let fear be your master. Champ, any closing statements? Any closing comments for our Well, boy? you know, he doesn't shy away from controversy, so we'll be expecting that Bigfoot COVID-19 tweet coming out later today. <laughs> oh, I watched that one earlier, though. Eh? I just like to, oh, yeah, 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 over here we go. We can go uh, down the Bigfoot uh, at, at some point. I'm, I'm held off on it a bit for the moment, but it doesn't mean I won't get back into it. And... Um, and for everybody who says you lost credibility because of your Bigfoot thing, I don't care about you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has an opinion, right? Man, Les, thank you so much for your time, brother champ. Thank you, Les Stroud. 
Ca. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate your time, sir. Peace and so much love. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. As always, there will always be more.